This is a Hoff Studios podcast. Oh, okay, great. Here we go. I toggle back and forth between feeling like, is what is this like a weird pathology that we all think we have something to share? Like, mm. how dare I? To, oh my God, I'm <laughs> actually William Shakespeare. <laughs> you are. To, then it's like, how, wh- why am I, was I... Am I an alcoholic? Like, was I so drunk that I thought I should possibly put myself out in public like that? Who do I think I am? It's a, it's a, the highs and lows are really thrilling. They're really real. Uh, um, She's referring to her ASMR YouTube channel. You know this because you're obsessed with this. I love it. It is so good. I actually think like part of the good, so my only note is you are riveting. You are a very good storyteller. So I'm like, I'm like awake and my eyeballs are so happy to look at your face. Aww. Like there was, there's one where you're like, oh, the IVF one, um, you're like doing this. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> or like there's a one where you, I don't know. I actually didn't know that this, these are sensations that I'm interested in, but like, you're like, oh, this is triggering for you. I'm going to like dance my fingers in the, which was very like a little bit clitoral stimulation. That? Did that feel like that? So if anyone's listening who doesn't have any idea what we're talking about, I make ASMR videos on YouTube as of like five minutes ago. No, a couple months ago I started doing this because... Four months. It was four months. Four, wow. Jeez. So... Um, You've compiled all of that content in just four months? Yeah. She's very yeah. prolific. Listen, this is... You know that feeling she was talking about, that sensation like, whoa, I have so much to contribute. It's real. She has so much to contribute. Yeah, that's a beautiful body of work for four months. That's very kind. I just feel like what we're describing is so niche that some people may have absolutely no idea what Mm, I'm talking about. Context. Okay, so ASMR is this um, basically totally pseudoscience phenomenon of um, relaxation that feels like someone is it feels like tingling in your spine and for me it's been very helpful because I suffer from insomnia and the things that trigger it are just like very unusual to the um, uninitiated person and those are certain sounds like sounds from a person's mouth or crunching or tapping certain visual cues that I don't personally have but often have to do with like fades of light or hand movement it looked like you were fingering the um the camera lens and i was i had never seen something so beautiful it's a visual uh connotation of personal attention i think this is all like about feeling seen Mm -hmm. i think these are all the sensory cues associated with feeling seen and and sometimes that's just feeling seen because a person has close proximity to you. In any event, there's this whole um, community of people on YouTube who are making these things, who are called ASMR artists, who simulate these triggers so that people can relax and fall asleep. And I decided to throw my hat in the ring a couple of months ago because I've been listening to them for like seven years in the shadows. Mm. And it's so weird and has so little, I mean, in the like uh, niche world of people who know about it it's kind of like indian hip and cool but like it's otherwise so fucking weird and like just imagine my boyfriend's persian family like finding out that i make these weird do they know of course not i don't think oh, they've even thank god no 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 um they don't need uh, to know they don't, they don't need to, and they don't need to know i mean they don't want to know 
if we're being honest. I don't want to know. Um, I know. And I'm very excited about it. I, you know, I think like part of the reason why it's so soothing to me is because, yes, I feel seen, but there's something delicious about another person letting you see them. Oh, yeah, I think that was what got me into it. I think so for me, it was like, and gosh, I don't know that this has anything to do with Mom Curious, so it, it We'll get there. Um, <laughs> for me, I think it was this feeling of gratitude to these women who were mostly like in their late teens, early 20s, mid-20s to sort of share their life as a text that I could continue to return to, like some of my favorite reality TV characters or something um with these like very humble vulnerable granular details from their lives like these protagonists that I would come back to Mm. every time they would drop a video it was like really the modern day um novel that like Mm. I never wanted to put down and then people would like grow up and stop making videos or Mm. just like go out of there would be people who would make videos a ton for a spurt and then they'd disappear for a year and I'd be like I miss Rachel that second grade teacher who lives in Connecticut and she's 21 but now she's 25 and she doesn't want to do this anyway so I thought I'm gonna do it well I I have that feeling with Instagram people like I'm like I'm so invested. I love them. I just love them. I I'm so grateful. Who do you love? Ah, uh, at this point, who do I love? Actually, someone that's coming in today is um, Arielle Steen. She actually doesn't share so much of her personal life, but I would like her to. She's a she's like a Jewish mommy blogger. She's like the Glennon of the Jews. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> but like before Glennon got like really, you know, before like you know the the simpler times of Glennon Doyle where she was just like Glennon Doyle Malton she was a Christian mommy blogger and I, anyway I, I enjoy her joy so much it really is very you know it's like as much as I like get down on social media and YouTube and and even like reality TV like mm-hmm. you say like mm-hmm. it's very soothing to be to to be allowed into your experience and your experience is like quite glamorous on some level which you're like you know as you say like you toggle back and forth to how much do I share and how much do I not share and like I'm aware of how lucky I am and how hard I you know it's like you you really open that dialogue up in a way that we don't see celebrities or you know actresses of your caliber really allow us in that's because i'm ruining it (laughs) that's because by like putting it an iphone 10 with a crack in the lens uh, three inches from my face in my filthy apartment in front of like a fake fucking christmas tree uh i'm like i'm ruining it like Mm. the more you show people it not for nothing that like you know very very fancy celebrities are not on instagram because like (laughs) they're afraid Well, well You've also worked more than most people I know in this time, right? You have a series coming out. Um, I have a new show called The After Party coming to Apple Plus in uh, January, on January 28th. Okay. And you did Robot Chicken, which I think is very cool. It's so funny. I do some weird voices for them. Sometimes. You're very good at animation. Like, it's you've sent only- me for a... Pr- she sends me her voiceover auditions because I do voiceovers, like, for commercials. And I'm like... Girl, I got no notes. You are fucking brilliant. So, on her iPhone, legit on her iPhone. 
Daniela doesn't know that once my agent told me that it's harder to star in a leading role opposite Brad Pitt <laughs> than it is to book a voiceover in this town. And Daniela has made a living off of voiceovers, which brings me to my next point, which is that I'm so amazed that like your talent and your purpose are meeting in this podcast because it's this ASMR quality of like, this is the work you were born to do and your voice sounds so good. Thanks. So the message and the packaging are really top notch. Uh, well, I'm, I appreciate that. And I uh, give it up to Laura Lucetti for seeing that. Seeing it, not having, having a very Long Island unappealing voice on a microphone, though. <laughs> but here's the thing. You have been um, on the other end of my motherhood journey. I mean, we, we've been on a lot of journeys together. Drugs. That. But... You know, what's always really amazing to me is like we communicate a lot on Marco Polo, which is like this video app. You know it? Uh, I know it. D tell our listeners about okay. it because I don't know that everybody I knows really what should it is. be paid to to represent the Marco Polo app. It's it's so much more than it sounds. <laughs> but basically it is an app in which you send video messages back and forth to one another without like having to store that kind of data on your phone. And um, it sounds like nothing, right? Like, why would that be interesting? And what, in fact, it becomes is a way to experience total intimacy and total control, which is the dream. Because you can talk without being interrupted, without seeing the reaction of the person you're talking to, but maybe imagining it in your head. You can listen without being watched. So you can listen also in your own time, on your own time. But if both of you are there, you go back and forth. You can play it in double time if it's a slow talker. You can really take in intimacy when it's good for you. It's so rich to the point of potentially fully replacing whole relationships. I mean, <laughs> not ours. God, it's but, really, it's been a great yeah. supplement for us. We've, but I have sent you like just, oof. My motherhood journey is on our Marco Polo app, and it's not always it's not always pretty. And and somehow you're still like I I I could be a I could I could do this. I want to do this. Oh it's really gosh. interesting to me actually that you're like oh I see you grappling with your psyche and your programming and your rage and your logistics. And I'm still I'm into it. Let's do this. It's so interesting because it's like all of human. So to the listener, I don't have any children yet. I have um, frozen eggs and you know a lot of agnosticism and potentially some hope. But I have. Um, you also have a dog. I, I, I actually I don't want to minimize that piece because being a dog mom is. Uh, I thought that was um, that was really real for me with Bernardo. Growing my family with Dan, uh, having having a dog together felt very you know, real. It, it is real, but also it, it's sort of a testimony to the fact that you are a really good person because it is 100% <laughs> possible to be a bad dog parent yeah. and, and not care that you're a bad dog parent. Totally. Like, oh. People can do that. Um, okay. But what I want to say about Daniela is that, like, um, you know – Okay, first of all, all of human civilization is probably not wrong when they say that having children is like one of the greatest things you can possibly do. But I think also like all of civilization didn't have these platforms of like Instagram and mm -hmm. like, you know, so we're suddenly given this like, I don't know, both like real insight to the unique uh, pain of it. Just Orgasm joy. Sometimes the most profound 
wisdom appears to come from the people who are like nailing it and doing it the best. And then it really requires this deep breath of like, no, we get there because we were the people in the most pain to begin with Mm. who had to do the most learning. So to anyone who's doing compare and despair with Daniela, A, she is as like I have learned everything about the children I don't have from Daniela. And I have a lot of parents and sisters (laughs) who parents, friends and sisters who are parents, but also like the humility is she really worked for everything that she knows. It Mm-mm. comes from, um, it's the sand that makes the pearl. Mm. Think about that a lot. Like your genius comes is hard won. Oh, it is hard won. It is hard won. I, the fact that you can like recognize that is so special. We lived through um, a screen on this Marco Polo app, me and, me and Genevieve, and somehow I still managed to be like, this is so hard for me. <laughs> it is so, it is so um, worthwhile. Like I would, I would say that in my messages, like this is so worthwhile and I, and. Yeah, most parents don't want to give pandemic. them back. It's like so interesting. Don't want to give them back. Yeah, parents are miserable and they don't want to give them back. My sister has one of the best uh, phrases about it, which is, all joy, no fun. <laughs> yeah. Your sister's really good at really good. what she's... She says, she mentioned something else about you get to parent in a way that you need it to be parented. Right. So I was bringing up to uh, my sister about... Her, about some some family friends of ours, I was like, this is so horrifying because we were seeing in this teenage boy um, a lot of the neuroses of the uh, father who has manic depression. And it was like very, I was like, oh my God, I can't imagine that feeling of like, I passed on these traits to this child and this child is suffering because I downloaded my crap. And she said, yes, and... Um, it's not just you projecting all of your own pain onto them. It's also you being able to be um, the parent to them you didn't have. Hmm. So. I actually have a, an interesting uh, question, which is really for a question for Daniela about your relationship. I think this is a beautiful one to you. You know, how can a non-mom be super supportive to our mom friends? Um, because sometimes that's something that I know I've struggled with. The mom curious crowd has struggled with, and you know. Am I saying the right thing? Am I doing, you know, and I know those fears are. Oh my God. (laughs) She's laughing. Uh, I'm laughing because. It's so hard. It's it's really hard. It's also cosmic, I think. It's also like Daniela and my relationship is is divine and divinely intended. And I have said the wrong thing. As have a, I, a lot. As have I. As have I. I like it, it, it happens a lot. And there, I think they're either the, the relationships that you're like, your, your higher mind is like, I must have this or I must, or I don't need it. And like, if you must have it, you just will repair. And, you know, like. Uh, we could do it. We could do it. Yeah. Okay. Oh, I don't know. I have to think about it. Okay, so one thing that I think is, like, for me, and tell me if you receive this as helpful or not, I don't invite Daniela to my house. Mm. It's just, like, I know that she has a full-time job, and so I just go to her house. Oh, my gosh, and she hangs out with my kids and my dog, and, like, it is, it's ecstasy. But I just know, like, if I... If all I can kind of offer is like 
the helpful time of like not traveling to me, like I can do that, even if the, like the kids aren't there. You know what I mean? So I don't know if that's like actually helpful or if it's that's just so, like a silent decision I've made. No, you've made that decision and I clocked it and I really, really appreciate it because there are some times where I'm like, I want so badly. All I want to do is hang out with you. Oh, yeah. No, but I know. <laughs> that's literally all I want to do. I'm on this fucking box like, ah, here's my, here's the details of my life. And, you know, but I want to be in the in fl- the flesh with you. And it's, sometimes it's hard to get there. And I really appreciate that. I mean, some people have more childcare than I do. And so they might have more time for that journey to the Upper West, East Side or, or wherever. Um, but you noticed that I don't have that time. And yeah. you made your, you, you no, took it, it upon yourself to come over. It's also like we share so many of the same mental illnesses. <laughs> like insomnia really primarily. And I just feel like, that you know, you just gotta. Okay, so here's the here's the thing. Here's the the gauntlet that got dropped. Um, don't know what that phrase means. I was. I mean, the whole thing is really humbling. We don't we don't have to sure. do it. No, no, we're gonna do it. Okay. I was experimenting with mushrooms as a way of. Um, handling insomnia, anxiety, and depression. Have you seen Fantastic Fungi? No, but I'm excited too. Oh, it's amazing. You said Ness is watching it? Ness watched a little bit and he was asking, what were they talking about magic mushrooms? And I was like, well, I actually pointed him to Alice in Wonderland because there's a whole scene about magic mushrooms there. And I just said that mushrooms are magical, that they're healing and that they're delicious. Um... I didn't tell him that they're psychedelic, but he'll find out pretty soon. (laughs) Soon enough. Well, we've been so conditioned to, like, associate psychedelics with, like, tripping balls and being on acid at Woodstock. And it's just like, oh, it's just, it's sort of like equating um, drinking a handle of whiskey with having a glass of wine, which is, like, how most people people interact with alcohol but like with drugs somehow it's different anyway actually can I just interject and just say like back to that last question one of the things that Genevieve does is she doesn't give up on me she doesn't give up on my artistry she doesn't give up on my spiritual journey she doesn't give up and like I do think that it's not worth it like it's worth it to you not to give up but I think a lot of non-mom friends just like oh they're doing something else and it's not it's not inoffensive oh I I throw my hands up and I walk away from you but it's it it takes so much more to to be with someone who has two children a dog a husband and like a whole house to run than it does like you know, a free-spirited friend who you're you know you're doing drugs with and magic mushrooms with you know like or 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 you give a lot in spite of all of that <laughs> i and really by the appreciate way, like, that i don't know how but many, yeah. no but i think that i i think that and and you have you experienced it where i've given up on friends like i'm like oh they're they're moms now they're not interesting anymore they're not doing the same thing i'm doing and so i'm just gonna 
not but engage maybe with them. They're actually not interesting. You are oh. very interesting. <laughs> Is that terrible to say? Um, have I experienced that? I think it's not about evaluating the mom as not being interesting. It's like my needs are no longer important in the landscape of this person and their the new needs that they have to meet. And so I'm going to take myself out of the equation so that I don't get hurt and I'm not. Um, vulnerable to like needing more than my friend can give me it feels more to me like hygienic and respectful than it does an evaluation of the friend Mm. i'm just like oh i'm too much for you now because i am like genevieve single woman without child no you're not no you're perfect actually like the more you are the more you are to me it it warms me like the like your sun rays really do warm me (laughs) well what i'm hearing is you say that and you so much not gonna come chime in with the self-deprecating but thank you and um what i'm hearing is that moms even though they have these um other souls that are completely dependent on them for their everything adults really need adults yeah like it really does take a village to raise these kids not because you necessarily need more adults on the kids but because the adults really need adults yeah yeah um, I just I just really f- feel for that kind of complete pie chart of the mental health of the mom and like how um how uh undernourished historically I can imagine moms have been maybe not back 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 in the day when maybe like we're just back, like back, back. bleeding we all dark, together right. yeah we went through a dark dark stage there we we did and I I think partially you know, I this is like a working hypothesis, but like I think feminism has done a great thing for us in so many ways. And I know that you are so deeply feminist. And I just a shout out to Good Girls Revolt. Um, yeah. You know, like beautiful, beautiful feminist work. Um, but I think in owning more space in the world, we've also inched ourselves away from each other. And I'm hoping that like we can toggle we can come back to deep loving relationships with women it's so interesting because i feel like what you (laughs) tell me you're an extrovert without telling me you're an extrovert danielle has been in a pandemic for two years and she really does feel regenerated by other human beings like the way that this woman reacts to total strangers on the street it really you're not an introvert you're not no i love a stranger I think most people on your podcast, um, I mean, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I, I feel like I, I am not a mom, and I, I want to share what I think would probably be Helpful. a really salient yes. thing that I have to share, which is just that um, gra- very granular experience of freezing my eggs. Oh, yes! Yeah, so I get into that for sure. Yeah. Oh, we, 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 could go back to, um, we could go back to the event after oh the event <laughs> we we, wanna, we could do either here i'll do this okay go go for it whatever you know what you take know, it this away is learning, this is a learning experience i hope for the listener this is service so so i was experimenting with um mushrooms uh and enjoyed that and one day was um sitting on an airplane and i'd taken quite a few maybe <laughs> half a gram just for the listener who is uninitiated, th- 
3.5 grams of mushrooms is what's called a hero's dose. That's when you are experiencing something called ego death, like you for, you become part of the oneness, full psychedelic visual effect, like it's a really overwhelming hallucinatory experience. A lot of stuff up to there is just giggly and fun and um, n- nothing like the reputation of mushrooms. In any event, you feel a little drunk maybe. So I felt a little drunk. And what I, it doesn't really matter what the intention was, but what I was trying to do is send Daniela a text that said, I love you so much. And what I did instead was tell her that I'd had a dream the night before that Ness died. Yeah, it was bad. Even just like saying it out loud makes me want to cry. I'm so sorry. <laughs> it's okay. It's very, and I just said, I'm, I, I said, I had this dream. It's so crazy. I feel so close to you. I love you so much. Daniela was immediately like, I need to take a pause. Like I had said this thing that set off a, a very painful reaction in her. And I was like, oh my God. And I read what I said and I did the thing where I had like empathy for another human being instead of being drunk and I put myself in her position and I like sobered up right out of it and then I think we just both really went into our shadow and went into like as much protecting as we could possibly do from the kind of like bomb that went off and we didn't talk for a year yeah a year I don't even remember the result how we got back together but I, I was pregnant at the time. And the truth is that because we're so close, you know, I, I was saying that, like, I was having a really hard time not just having that one-on-one experience with Ness. And I couldn't hear even a metaphor of, like, his babyhood going away. It was so, oh, it came from insight. It came from love. And it was... I can see that now having healed that and and accepted that, you know, like life, I can't, I can't protect my kid from life. And that is a really hard pill to swallow, actually. So I don't know how, how did we resolve? I don't remember, but I do remember, I mean, feeling so, first of all, feeling so much shame that I had sent this text then feeling so much anger that it felt like the ouch was way bigger than the pinch because I was like we're in the silent treatment for a year now over this text and um uh I kept seeing these construction signs all around that said Danella do you like see those the, around the, this? the like orange yes. and white signs mm-hmm. around the city and it was literally like she was everywhere and this was like my best friend and I um I, I, it was funny because at the time I remember talking about it with some of my mom friends and I was like, this happened. And everyone's reaction was, oh God. (laughs) And it was just this, it was just this blind spot. It was just this thing that like this little hole in my compassion that might seem super, super obvious, but like, obviously I didn't mean to hurt. Yeah. It's never anyone's intention, but like, it just, it's just one of those like humbling holes in my consciousness that until I put my foot right in it and saw the hurt that it caused I just didn't there was like no way 
there was really no way to learn that lesson except for learning it. And I, I wish that hadn't happened, but I do think that like there's something about a relationship that repairs. Yeah. That is really, uh, it's like you get stripes. Mm. there's this like concept in Judaism where like teshuva which means like to return Um, I remember you know like I don't I don't I don't like a lot of the things I learned in Hebrew school but one of the things is like a relationship is like a string and when you cut it and then tie it back up to be a string again it may have a knot but it's closer the two ends are closer than it was before And I do feel like that. Aww. Also, because like, like you said, the, the fact that it was worth it, the, mm. the, the worthiness of the string, you know, not and all is so apparent when you repair. Do you think that I'm going to get like a lot of hate mail about... Guys, I, I get... I was high. Oh, no, no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like I don't... I don't think I was no, right I, no. by any means. I actually um, think you're, as you said, it's such a service. Like, who would know that that would that that would um, sting? Like, actually, some I actually people t- might know. I just really, <laughs> really okay. I just really, I just have to say this, then I'll drop it. I was really in the like Technicolor deep <laughs> feeling of love, and I, I just thought it's not possible that a fucking dream that never happened that never happened that i had a dream that like that that would piss her off so much well listen i only i only act i mean we were we we i'm i'm over it and like it's so over but um but recently i did have a journey on mushrooms and and um and genevieve came to me and like that love oh my god it is so intense and like it doesn't translate so like I like remember like Marco Poloing and being like but like oh and I tell told you all about my journey and like the words just like don't actually do it enough justice right definitely, <laughs> so, like, definitely not I mean this is also should just be a lesson that nobody should talk about their dreams ever because it's boring no, at very best lesson. at the very best mm-hmm. it's boring at the worst you could lose friends yeah. No, or whatever. We didn't lose a year with a friend. It's been it's been a solid hey. eight. We're doing okay. We're doing okay. Um, hey, I've done it. I was uh, oh. you know, kind of not paying attention. I was a little little stoned, and a good friend of mine lost her mother, and it was her birthday. And I was like, oh, thinking of your mom, and I was just typing really fast. I was actually going to the airport. That's why the story just reminded me. And I was typing really fast in the car, and I wasn't paying attention, and I sent should have been two different hearts, you know, because it was my most used emojis. Mm. And instead I sent a heart, a coffin, a heart, a coffin, a heart, a coffin. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, that we all... is yeah. so yeah. stunning. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, we all have those texts that we wish we could literally like gobble right back up the second they, uh, awesome. you know, it happens. Oh my God. Knowing the two of you and like how thoughtful and compassionate you both. oh yeah i died inside yeah yeah. Like, yeah so sorry yeah did you repair oh yeah i love oh. it yeah. i feel for you there was this other part of it that we never talked about oh. there was this thing that we never talked about in the way that you that you responded to me that i wonder if you clocked and i it's something god it, this is just i feel uh, 
like, why am I doing this live on air? But there was, you, you said something to the effect of, I said, I'm so sorry. I was, I had too many mushrooms and I was not in my best Oh judgment. my God. I said, well, I don't do that any, or like I. That I don't have friends. I, I don't have friends who, who like do the equivalent of drunk text. And I thought. I thought so the shaming. only reason I'm bringing that up was because of the shaming and only because I thought we've moved from the feeling. Like we've moved from she's angry and I am not right. I'm not saying that I'm right, but I just felt like that was like a moment at which I saw, I felt a pivot from mm-hmm. like the, I guess why am I mentioning this? Because because there are people listening who have said the wrong things to yeah. moms or been the mom that's received the wrong thing. And I feel like you and I have, in general, done a really good job of staying on, like, highest purpose. I think that's an example of um, what I mentioned earlier. People give up on moms, and moms give up on non-moms. This is And important. I don't have, I don't have, I don't have enough friends who are having, who are experimenting with uh, magic mushrooms which is like so healing and so beautiful and I'm so glad that they exist. And I don't have friends who would do the equivalent of drunk texting. And I wish I did actually. And I think that was like posturing and a protectiveness that was like, I don't, as if I've chosen it. And I didn't necessarily, (gasps) and I didn't choose it. Actually, the truth is I'm taken out of that equation on so many occasions. And, you know, I'm, I mean it when I say I'm delighted that with you, I'm not. And I guess in that moment, I was like, how do I fucking arm up? (laughs) No, it makes every kind of sense in the world. And I've done it. Innumerable, innumerable occasions. If we can dispel <laughs> any misconception that having a child makes you more important at all, <laughs> that at all, it is not true. No. It is not true. And <laughs> and the idea that I could text someone like that and say like, oh, my experience of life is more important than yours is like a lie. I'm crying because I actually don't believe you. <laughs> like I don't. Like, I think as a 35-year-old now woman without children, I actually feel like my life doesn't matter as much or, or won't matter as much or that I've done it wrong somehow. And so, like, there is this sort of undercurrent in my relationship with my sisters and my friends who have children of, like, please don't get up. Please, I, I'm I'm so sorry. Like I, I'll come to you. You don't have to come to my. No, apartment. and I also want to do that. And I do think that you have so many more important demands on your time and you know innocents who are really depending on you. But I do think that it is actually like 
unearths this sort of maybe it's misogynist maybe it's just a biological like belief that i actually don't matter that like if the pandemic had taken me it would have been less significant than okay. if it had taken you you know what i mean like I, like or it affected you in some way like god forbid you get covid versus i get you know like yeah i actually have, I have a, a my friend danelle also was like oh no let me put my friend danelle and sarah um women our age who don't have have children would come over with like mask on mask and we'd sit outside and they wouldn't use my bathroom and it would be this thing like as if my life was more important and I'm telling you right now that it's not that like as important as Ness and Paz are like they were born to a mother the same way you were do you know what I mean that like so amazing the way this like God, it's all one thing, right? This lack of serotonin really does jump in at some point when you <laughs> get over the age of 20 and it's like, well, I don't, I'm not the child anymore, so I don't matter anymore. No, like but the, uh, all of the importance of life has been shifted onto the, the children wherever they, this is good kin. Yeah! And if this isn't an advertisement for kin, nootropics. I, I really want to dispel this. A functional Genevieve, beverage. I feel the same way also <laughs> about feeling less important because I don't have children. It's a very valid, what you're feeling is extremely valid and you are not alone. I imagine that people listening also feel this way. So It's like, well, if I don't have children, then I better make such a good art. Mm-hmm. You do. I better, better make such a great big good art because, or I better... Have a great company and you know, know like empower women and do all these things. Right, it's I just have this to like find value in myself somewhere. It's just this like human doing versus human being, kind of capitalist kind of uh, value structure. But right? you have frozen your ex. Oh, can so. you? Oh yeah, we can, we can we can transition There's to that. Hope for me yet well, to just, make <laughs> meaning of my life. <laughs> I, I, guys, I, I just want you to know that your your experience is valid and it's understandable and I get it. And I also think the more drugs I do, <laughs> the more people I make, the, the more I live, the more I realize like, oh my God, we have been indoctrinated into this patriarchal system that is really serving no one, not even our boys. I mean, it is so bad, guys. This is an illusion this is an illusion that somehow making another person makes me a person like you would never reduce me to that no no we're friends we're friends very much outside of me being a mother i think maybe there's some curiosity or some something to my life experience but like it is such a misunderstanding and it's so deep, right? Like it feels really real, but it's it's not. Okay, Marion Williamson says, why'd she run for president? <laughs> okay, it really didn't do great things for the brand. She, okay, and then I'll, I'll move on, I promise. But she did say that like at some point I realized that my um, my purpose in life was not to make a good human out of my daughter, to make a good human out of me, you know, mm. that I, I am my most important project. And so I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna solve world peace. 
but like but that's they have cake pops for that oh delicious <laughs> um okay 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 but it's true it i mean that's even why I, um, I immediately it's my reaction to immediately be like but you froze your eggs so you're better off than uh, i am who's done nothing so i have no safety or security in that adrenaline. you know it's just where it's so deeply ingrained in all of us and you know it's really is true well, hold on i really want to draw some breath to that for a quick second because i started by saying you know all of civilization can't be wrong when they say that having children is one of life's greatest joys. Parentheses for women, close paren. paren why question mark close paren? Because for so long, that's all we had the opportunity to do that's right. and to make meaning out of. And that is no longer the case. And that is not the case for so many millions of women who, like, are fucking fine. You know what I mean? <laughs> We're fine. Liz Gilbert? Loving not being a mom. Yeah. Chelsea Handler is a great example. Chelsea yeah. Handler. Um, so I froze my eggs when I was 33 because I had a little bit of money and a little bit of time and not because I wanted to have kids. I just want to say that. All I am is a very, um, is someone who has like the sort of ancestral trauma of Judaism, which means that like I am certain that the worst is going to happen and I will be prepared for it. And so I'm like, I don't want to have kids. I don't think. I think I want to have a great career and like travel and go to the theater for the rest of my life and not have kids. But I might change my mind. So I'm going to take $15,000, which is roughly the amount that it costs. I think it's important we get super granular about this. It costs roughly 15K. It takes, um, how long does it take? Guys, it's been a couple years, so my, my, um, the specificity of my facts may be really fuzzy. Um, but there is actually an enormous amount of data on the internet. People are very good about documenting, this is what week one was, this is what week two was, this is what I felt like. So that is out there, um, but effectively you have to like go on the pill to sort of regulate your cycle and then you take a lot of hormones by way of injection which i will dispel right now are not that bad i mean i'm a redhead which says that we're more sensitive to pain so you would think that i really had a hard time with it i did not here's what i will say about freezing my and your eggs every single person you poll will have a different experience and so will you and I really do think it's important to hold the idea of actually maybe this isn't that bad because there's so much stuff about there like oh my god and it's it is a lot of money it's a lot of time and 99% of people who are freezing their eggs are doing it because they don't have a partner so they are women doing it by themselves shooting themselves in the stomach with needles by themselves. For men that they maybe haven't met yet who haven't had to do this, paying for it and like just going through the emotional kind of thing of you motherfuckers don't have to do this. And I do. I'm doing it alone. And all you have to do is come inside me and like you get to have a baby. Like it's very... The anger, I would say the emotional ride of it for me was very profound. And I, I do honor that as being like separate from some synthetic hormone experience. I think it is an extremely 
and raging and 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 also it like conjures up these childhood stories for me of like I didn't dream of being 33 and not having children when I was growing up I thought that being a happy person meant you had a great career until you were 29 and then you married a millionaire and you had children I really thought that and I am a feminist like I I, I am like a, a a living, breathing fraud because I really did think that. Uh, you're not a fraud, just for the record. Well, but I, I appreciate I just didn't the, realize it. the humor um, and the cheeky. And in any event, I'm I don't regret doing it, even if I never use them. I think I probably will. Um, but um, what was the time commitment? Oh, great question. Okay, so she's on it. I think. Basically, you have to sync up your cycle for a couple of weeks on the birth control pill. And then I think it's, oh gosh, this is so unscientific, but I think it's maybe two to three weeks of taking the hormones, um, which they will modulate with very regular ultrasounds, like every two or three days to to see how your um, body is responding and see if you need more of something or less of something. people have very different physical reactions to these hormones and some have said oh my gosh you know I was like it was so much bloating and so much discomfort and whatever I experienced zero of that until the extraction itself which was a cakewalk it was absolutely no problem um and then I, w- I, I presented as though I was nine months pregnant for about a month. Mm. I looked fully distended like I was going to have a baby, um, which again is like this very humbling experience because it mm. invites so much attention into what is such a private process. So the whole thing just like I personally um, – believe in building in a lot of support that you may not ever need to use just because where the triggers are going to come from and what they're going to look like might be middle of the night or two o'clock on a Tuesday afternoon in broad daylight or um but mostly I just want to say to anyone thinking about going through this or in the process of going through it I really get it and you are very very strong like the physical sensations, the um, childhood narratives that it challenges, the loneliness, the financial, it's a lot. And it actually might not be. Like there were just those moments where I would check in and be like, is this actually that bad? Am I getting away with this actually being kind of easy? Because it kind of is easy. I had that experience with um, like with labor, delivery, and recovery. I mean, Uh I love to hear that. Yeah. Um, I was just talking to another guest about a traumatic birth story, and um, that exists. Um, And also, you know, very easy labor delivery and recoveries also exist. And I think, like, I would read these Ina Mae Gaskin books, this, like, you know, spiritual midwifery, and, you know, she's, she's... she's brilliant it's super holistic and she calls contractions waves and doesn't refer to pain and that's problematic but the only you know it'd be like birth story after birth story and by the way if you're ever interested in birth stories they're very interesting not one is the same as the other like not one 
I mean, that's crazy. Do you see how many people exist? Yeah, hormones are crazy, and they're really personal. Bodies, bodies. Oh, my mm. God. So I I really appreciate you saying that, like, that, that – and similar to this podcast, it's not like this is a good or a bad decision. It's not going to hurt or not hurt. You know, there it's a it's a long process. How long, how many weeks did the um did the so process take? I, I think I started taking the birth control sometime around my birthday, and I think the extraction was at the end of May. And the only funny thing about this is that I then met my boyfriend of like the last almost three years, uh, like fucking a month later or something. Um, uh, I think all in it was about a. Gosh, you guys just have to Google it. I'm so sorry. But I think it was like somewhere between four to six weeks plus like all the time afterwards where I really looked um, pregnant. Two months is a long time. Yeah. Um, but you... I also like went on and shot television. Like I, there, we can <laughs> She's do fine. a lot. Like, like, like you, you, it doesn't, ha- it, it might not be that bad is all I want to say. It might not be that bad. I was wondering um, like from a body um, image and embodiment perspective, how that might have, uh, how that might have landed on you? Interesting. So Danielle is referring to the fact that I have a history of disordered eating, and uh, which and, is how we and, met. Which is how we met in, in, <laughs> in recovery. And I, I think what was so interesting was that I, I sort of encountered those narratives of like, is this gonna, am I gonna gain weight? Because like they say that you might, and I did not. But they also at the same time say you cannot eat any fucking carbs Why? or sugar. Why? It has some. Um, uh, it has some. Hmm chemical effect on your uh gut and bloating where, <gasps> where there will otherwise already be a lot of gut and bloating but sorry um yeah they just it's like not it's not like a woo-woo thing it's like a pan uh pan experiential thing they say don't eat carbs oh my god i could so you're like dieting at the same time as there you might be getting it's very intense wow i just had to keep coming back to if you want to have children and get pregnant one day, is weight really going to be the thing that you, like I, stops you from freezing your eggs? Because that's a sunk cost. Like that's just that is like that's that's yeah. a non-negotiable. So I, like I had yeah. a hard time in pregnancy with my, with my weight, and oh, the first time I was definitely dieting. Mm. That, definitely that that that's a, that was a lot of smoothies. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um. So I I could understand someone being like I have an eating disorder I can't you know I I, I can't or I won't so I I, I but so, it's nice to know that like the trade off for you like just having the option just knowing that you took care of your future self yeah and I think that narrative is one that dialogue that you're describing is really important because you at the end of the day I get to say in my life I got to have an eating disorder or in my life I got to have a baby and I just decide. And you get to decide. And there's like really no moral value. You can have whatever you want. I really mean that. You can have whatever you want. It's your life. No judgment. If you want to have an underweight body, it sounds like there's some like subliminal like directive here. There isn't. If you want to have an underweight body, I want that for you. I want it for you. And if you want to have kids, I want that for you. But like for me, it's just sort of I've like run the like the gamut of I mean, I've just, it's run out of, it's not interesting anymore. Like, I I still totally want to be skinny, but, like, I way more want to have an amazing, rewarding life full of relationships. And that's just me. Maybe you don't want that. 
So like, I, I just, at that, at those crossroads, for instance, do I want to go on a Mexican vacation with my boyfriend? No, because I don't know what the food's going to be like mm. or what I'm going to exercise. Mm. But yeah, I totally want to go on a Mexican vacation with my boyfriend because I don't want to be the person who didn't choose that separate subject. I want to let the listener know two real quick things that I learned from you. And also just to, to draw a full circle on the fact that I was a bad friend. I did text you about. No, you weren't a bad it. friend. Okay. Could we really just say you no. weren't a bad friend? I had a blind spot, but I want to. I, I want blind spots as we've discussed. I'm about to so congratulate much. myself. Oh! <laughs> Guys, don't worry. I'm about to congratulate myself. My proudest moment of being a friend to you and to Ness mm. was the moment that I, I don't know where this came from, maybe the same place as my blind spot when I turned to you and I said, is there any way about, is there anything about the way I'm interacting with your mm-hmm. child that you'd like me to change? This was genius, actually. I mean, she's so astute and also... This is what's really interesting about you in the same way that you're like, I can choose the underweight body. I've done that before. Or I can choose a, some some discomfort and some joy and connection. And I'd like, like you have this real attunement to what the choices are and how I can. It's part of what makes you a brilliant actress, like the awareness. And you're like, ha, I can just like do this brilliant hanging out with Ness, because it is it's a whole vibe we have pictures one day let, when i'm rachel ray we'll just like do pictures of you oh, <laughs> oh my god rachel ray is such a great vision to hold for yourself so anyway, much food so, so one much thing i learned from daniela in that moment um uh was i that i was learning from the way that my family interacts with the children that exist in my family which is to kind of to teach all the time and so I was asking Ness leading questions that were sort of like testing his knowledge and like from my point of view like like um interesting him or conversing with him or like um or like uh helping him to grow but Daniela reflected she was like I actually don't want that for him because the world tests him enough so it would be great if you just didn't test him. And I think, I don't remember what it was. It was something like, oh my gosh, how many, you know, fingers do you have on your hand or something? And it was it, it, something benign like that. I don't know, but it was like, oh, what a great, like this doesn't need to be a space where he uh, has to practice proving his intellect or something like that, you know? Mm-hmm. And then the other thing that I learned from you um, and I'm sure you've talked about Rye. On no, here. I oh, haven't. So I don't know what Rye is, but I always cite it when I talk to my parent friends, the Rye parenting technique, because Daniela talks about it and I think she's a perfect parent. She, The one thing I know about the, when people are like, oh, what is the Rye parenting technique? All I say is you're supposed to tell your child before you're about to pick them up. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> it's about consent, right? It's about consent. Right, like, well, I was, I was just reminded of like, the idea of Ness proving his intellect, which, by the way, I have, like, so engaged in. That is not fair to little boys, you know? Like, it's in the same way that, like, we, like, you know, put on dresses on our little girls and then, like, she'll tell them how pretty they are and how, do you feel pretty? It's like, Bleh! But um, Rye does say, like, well, before you pick them up, you tell them you're going to pick them up. It's about consent, you yeah. know? It's, like, kind of genius. This woman, Magda Gerber... Um, developed this sort of technique um, right after World War II in Hungary. 
And what she was really dissecting was bodily consent and, you know, the the way we treat children and people in general as um, objects. I have a re- you can answer this for me off the pod if it's better. I'm really wondering, like, does Dan read the books and do it no. the way you want him to do it? No. Because I'm having stress right now thinking, like, Dave and I are never going to agree about this, and that's going to be a huge problem. Here's the thing about Dan, though. I would get very angry with him early on, and I I look back and I think, oh, that might have been anxiety. <laughs> it might have been. Because my, my anxiety turned, alchemizes into anger real quick. Because I, I, I think, oh, you've made me feel this uncomfortable and I need it to be squashed. I envy that so much because at least your your anxiety goes outward where mine goes in and oh. like destroys my fucking I'm s- whole adrenal system. I'm so sorry. Because right, because the anger goes, because yeah. right there. Okay, but it's not good. It's not good. <laughs> Let's just say that it's not good. Okay. But um, the thing about Dan is that if you, if, the more I show, you know, I show him or the, the you know, Janet Lansbury or whatever podcast is playing in the background or whatever, if he understands, like, don't just grab their bodies and pick them up, he won't do it. He just won't do it. He doesn't have trauma. Like, he doesn't have, like, in the way that, in the way that I do, you know, that, that impedes him from just doing the right thing. And I think once you understand that if you're gonna take a booger out of someone's nose, like, wouldn't it be weird if I just touched your face right mm. now without your, even if, if not consent, but like no, your acknowledge- like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> If I just like took a booger out of your face? Oh, great. Okay, good. So then there you go. No, but- Noted. So I think once you like practice it enough times, and the good news is about a newborn is you get to say like I'm gonna change your diaper now and I'm gonna wipe your butt. Do you feel how how the the temperature of this water might be a little cool? Oh wow, thank you so much for helping me with that. You start to talk to them and it's practice for you in getting present and it's practice for them in language development and body autonomy. It's also practice for the people around you. This is how you treat my child. Mm, mm. You know, people will notice oh, that pretty must be agony. It was agony with Ness, but it's not with Paz. And I, I do think it was agony because I was in fight or flight. I think I, I think I was in agony already. But, but with Paz, it was so much more clear. Like this is how I treat my children, and so this is, this is a non-confrontational way of teaching you how to treat my children. That must be so distressing, though, because. The rest of the world can be like, there's not actually a problem here if I just pick up your child without you asking. You're just having anxiety. And you're like, I "I am having anxiety, but I'm also right. So like, I I, I feel fucking even angrier at you because yes, you get the benefit of like not having anxiety and of this not actually maybe being a problem and maybe not impacting their mental health for the rest of their lives. But it doesn't mean... I'm, I'm wrong. wrong. That's right. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. so, so okay, I, I, I really appreciate that reflection because it is anxiety-producing, and it's also an opportunity. I, I'm learning more and more. It's an opportunity to root down and, like, this is really important to me, and these are the things that 
matter to me and I matter to me. <laughs> my feelings matter to me. And if the way you're speaking to my child or touching my child or, you know, if that bothers me, then that's a hard line. That took me a really long time. And still, like, I just had a weird interaction with a babysitter. I didn't trust her. I didn't want to leave her alone with my kids. And somehow when she, you know, texted me at 2 a.m., sorry, I can't come in, I said, okay, so I'm sorry. I don't think this is going to work out. She, she gave me all the reasons why I was terrible. And I said, oh, wow, I knew this was seething underneath. I have to keep listening to myself. Mm. And more and more I realized, like, you know, going back to the conversation about importance, I'm the one important in that situation. Mm. This is self-care for me that I say, uh-oh, the way we do it is, you know, a new a new babysitter came in and Ness was saying like, Ness was, got upset and she goes, don't be upset. And I said, oh, Nessie, do you want to tell Marcella the rules in our in our home? In our home, you can feel however you want or need to feel. You just can't hurt anybody. That was not for Ness. That was for me because I matter. I love you so much. <laughs> I love you so much. Like so much. I have to. I, I like have to have you in my life. Yeah. It's like not. It's not. Uh, I'm, I'm so lucky. Guys, I just, I'm so lucky. I get a front row seat to this every day. <laughs> Cheers. Cheers. Black tourmaline? Yes. Yeah. Well, yes. And is this is salt? It is. Oh my God. I don't even know anything about crystals, Me but either. I play one on TV. And, yeah. Um, New Amsterdam. Okay. New Amsterdam. Yes, yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. So, uh, guys, watch the after party. It's coming out on Apple Plus um, uh, on January 28th. I'm on this season of New Amsterdam. Why? Because they wrote a character that is the head of holistic medicine that comes that's on NBC it's a medical drama and this head of holistic medicine comes in with her crystals and her acupuncture needles and I was like oh fuck I'm about to play Gwyneth yeah on TV uh so that's uh NBC that's that season's on right now and um what else yeah, are you having fun with that by the way Yes, I literally float into this well-oiled machine that's on its fourth season. It's going great. Huge hit show. They know what they're doing. I don't need to reinvent the wheel. I show up with my little cute ideas about crystals. I plop them down. I pick up my money and I go home. And sometimes that's being an actor. Oh my God, it's the best. <laughs> I'm going to rewind back to I, your ASMR YouTube channel. Is yeah. Thank Genius you. If and you can't brilliant. Sleep, if you are a mom with a new baby and you want someone <laughs> whispering to you about things that are, I don't know, for adults that yeah. keep you up at night, then <laughs> I'm on YouTube, uh, ASMR with Genevieve Angelson. I'm on Instagram at Genevieve Angelson. I'm on Twitter at Genevieve Angel. Thanks for listening to the Mom Curious Podcast. I've been your host, Daniela Rabani. Special thanks to executive producer Laura Lucchetti. For more episodes, make sure to follow Mom Curious, available on all podcast platforms.